Hello, this is Brian from Living in the End Times with Amos and X. As always, thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please be sure to follow us on social media. Give us a favorable rating on the podcast app of your choice, say CastBox or Podcast Republic. And most importantly, support us through Patreon at patreon.com slash endtimespodcast. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash endtimespodcast, one word. And thank you in advance.
She got screwed up by religion She got screwed by soccer players She got high for the first time In the camps down by the banks Of the Mississippi River Lord, to be 17 forever And she got confused about the truth And she came to in a confession She got high for the last time In the camps down by the banks of the river Lord, to be 33 forever She got screwed up by her vision It was scary when she saw him She didn't tell a single person About the camps on the banks Of the Mississippi River Lord, to be 17 forever She got strung out of the scene And she got scared when it got druggy The way the whispers built like fangs In the last hour of the party Lord, to be 33 forever With a multitude of casualties She said I shipped it out from Boulder Packed in coffee grounds And wrapped around in dryer sheets We spent a few months Just wandering the Sonoma High as hell and shivering and smashed And we were trying for a vision quest We opened up three buttons And all we saw was desert trash it's a funny bit of chemistry How a cool car makes a guy seem that much cooler And it's worth noting that throughout history Kids come around the corner To a multitude of casualties We spent a few hours circling the city Like a hawk out on the highways We were looking around for something that just died We heard the deacons hope for eulogy at least in dying, you don't have to deal with new age for a second time. And after your party, we got up the grid. Oh, we just couldn't get with all those clever kids. And now we forage on the frontage rods. We tried the nice. I guess it just feels so much safer. Yeah, we scrounge around for sustenance. We mostly eat it in the back half of the theaters We spent a few years nodding off in that maze We're high as hell and shivering and smashed Yeah, we were hoping for an action adventure Or something wild that we could feel through all the feminists And after the movie, we got off the ground 
out in your car and around the war town. Yeah, well, she was at the Citadel. He was getting high as hell. When she came to with a matinee, she was asking around for someplace else to stay. Well, he was down in Lower Town. She was feeling out the 530 folk mass. And the night she got born again, he was getting with her little head wrapped for him. Then in the way into the water, into one ten soldier, she started to cry. Yeah, your services always find a way to get their bloody cross. It's your druggy little messed up teenage wife. Good evening. Here we go. I think that was uh, that band <clears throat> was the last time you and I were maybe at a show together. Um, I mean, I mean, you came and saw the Strap Hanger at some point, but Hold Steady in uh, Fargo, right? Two thousand eight, maybe. I don't know, man. I mean, that's when it was. That's, that no, oh, that's so. long. That's further back than I remembered. But um, so I guess maybe that's, that's no, 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 no. You came to Clutch. With me uh, and Joe right, right. and John for my birthday. I did. Also in Fargo. Yeah. Um, and for what it's worth, thank you for that because yeah. that was the performance of one of the, I think, top like five best songs I've ever seen live was when they played that Dragonfly song. Oh, okay. Off of uh, Elephant Riders. It was really All right. It was really good. Yeah. They never failed to dis- or no. They never disappoint. Rather. I mean, the, I mean, the show was good. I'm just saying that song stood out for me for sure. some reason. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was good. I'm. I wonder if there haven't been more since then that I can't. Mm. Yeah, maybe. So. When was that Meekin show? That was. It was around the same time. It was around the same time as Hold Steady. I forget. It was after. I think it was 2009. Where in before in Minneapolis? Yeah, I was going to say wherein you and I end up in the Meekins documentary. And then I found out my mom <laughs> has cancer. Yeah, that's which right. is then solved within three days. Yeah. completely. Yeah. forevermore. Insane. Uh, yeah. And I was too scared to talk to Grail Marcus. Yeah. I, I wanted to, but it wasn't. I don't know. I think, but it's also this like, don't meet your idols kind of yeah, shit exactly. too. We had the opportunity at the end there. And we were like, uh, he was talking to somebody. We didn't want to be those guys. At least I it didn't. might even been before the show. Oh, maybe so. I don't know. What's, what's cool about that is the Meekins were really intimidated by him too. <laughs> and they were like, you could tell like that they just, were only it seemed to me that because they were in the lobby too and they just seemed so uncomfortable outside yep. of being the meekins which mm-hmm. is fair enough mm-hmm. um plus i don't know are british people were ever really comfortable in america i doubt it <laughs> I, they shouldn't be no they shouldn't <laughs> be they should be yeah they should be very careful right um so that was the hold steady with Stevie Nicks and then multitude of casualties and and I say leave both these songs in if the hold steady you want to sue us then we'll just yeah I don't care hang out with them um so we're gonna talk about the election and then we'll get back to why I played those songs after that maybe um so uh, as everyone knows Joe Biden won ostensibly but like. 
which I was commenting off my I now my view is that that is the apocalypse um is Joe Biden winning the presidency uh you know for not that Trump would have been better that's not would really be my argument um I mean I guess it remains to be seen but he's senile he's he's literally a relic from like the 70s mm-hmm. um he had he, like that's how bad our like that's how much the society's deteriorated. Someone who was kicked out of the race laughed, literally laughed out of the race because he was caught lying too many times in like the eighties, eighty eight or so. Yeah, um, is the quote best we can come up with from the establishment? Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he, I mean, he won, but it was like it, the, the whole. It was a split everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, not everywhere, but like it was way closer than. People were predicting, mm-hmm. and, and it should have been. Yeah, and like it, he's fucking senile. He's literally, you know, it's not even making fun of him. He's mm-hmm. just senile. We've all seen it. Um, if anybody's seen his fucking speeches or anything like that, like I, I have a theory as to why he does better in the debates, and it's because it's for the same reason that he um, does so poorly with. Uh, like in Iowa, like when he was like pushing people who would question him in crowds, it's because he like, and this is why I think it really is like dementia or senility or whatever is because he gets like overwhelmed if there's too many people talking, like he's got sensory overload. And then, so he like just lashes out at people, um, probably unconsciously, but in a debate, what sort of energizes him is, um, arguing. So if he gets provoked, it like snaps his brain into action. But if he's just giving a speech, he starts like rambling and he can't remember mm-hmm. anything. Again, I think it's a sensory overload of just seeing all these people and like probably losing track of where he is and what's going on. Um, but if he's fighting with Trump, mm-hmm. then he can kind of keep his shit together because he's being kind of directed by the flow of the conversation. Um, and part of why I say this is like, like Chapo played a clip of his from 2016 where he was completely lucid. Like he was totally sharp. Like if 2016 Biden ran against Trump, I do think he would have just, he would have kicked the shit out of him and he would have, he would have been much more formidable in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, he's a disaster. He's, he's a walking disaster. And the, the left will go to sleep now. I'm sad to say. I, I think that's unfortunate. The unfortunate uh, result of all this. Mm-hmm. Like now, what remains to be seen is what um, the the media has nothing to cover now, mm-hmm. ever again. Mm-hmm. Since like covering Trump was number one, very good for business, right? Um, and that's the main thing. That's why they focused on Trump so mm-hmm. much, but. Um, more than that, I think like they're they're left with a they they're gonna have to. This is what I think might become interesting is like so Tucker Carlson I think is the most popular show on TV, but if you watch Tucker when he interviews left wingers like Jimmy Dore or Glenn Greenwald, he's not talking about Trump. He doesn't give a shit about that. Um, and and I wonder if there isn't some element of that where. 
that is why he's more popular is because he's not focused mm-hmm. on ranting about Trump all the time. He's he's criti- he's critical of the right a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um and I think the only way these news networks are going to survive in in the way that they have been is by their now I don't think they'll do this, but this is the easiest way to do that would to be start covering real shit and become more left wing in general or at least more critical of their own parties. Um, that, that won't happen, uh, probably, but like Glenn Greenwald was pointing out on Red Scare, like the people like Rachel Maddow were on the verge of being fired before Trump got elected because nobody wanted to hear this fucking people whining about in support of Obama. Like who gives a shit? Um, if they don't do that though, I don't really know what they're going to cover. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing, there won't be anything to cover in a Biden presidency. Number one, because since they didn't take back the Senate, it's looking like, mm-hmm. um, unless they broker some weird grand bargain with Mitch McConnell, they're not going to get anything. Right. And that seems unlikely that they would do that. But at the same time, without the specter of Trump, like the Democrats are left with all the responsibility, which is why they wanted Trump to win, as we've talked about mm-hmm. at length on the show. Um, it's hard to imagine what the fuck this is going to look like. I think it's just going to be more, again, it was short of a, some grand bargain. Um, because they, <laughs> what they were doing under Trump is giving the Republicans everything they want and mm-hmm. getting nothing in return. Right. So. Um, we talked about that, all the, the federal judiciary being just completely reshaped by Trump. Um, I, I just don't know what Biden will have to offer, or, you know, bring to the table. Like, what's his plan? Like, you know, OK, Chomsky, bluff called. <laughs> Biden can be hopefully pushed to the left. What does that even look mm-hmm. like? Um, you know, I, I think... Well, I can get into how I think he, that actually could happen, but I'll yeah, no, I was just—I don't have much to add other than to say I think he—I don't know if it was 2016 or 2018. I'm trying to remember that Biden visited the national, the state Democratic convention for North Dakota here in Grand Forks, um, at you know the local arena, and I went to watch him. And even then, again, maybe it was better than now, but he just—he just went on and on and on about about nonsense. There was no structure no form no message even in the speech that again lasted uh, 30 minutes maybe closer to an hour it was probably close to an hour and he just didn't say anything even then um and i can't imagine what things are going to be like now and i think maybe our best hope i mean and it's a slim one i don't even know if it's better is something happens to him he just can't perform the duties and then we have uh we have kamala harris which i mean we'll see what that looks like but yeah i mean I don't know. (laughs) It's going to be fucking stupid uh, for sure. Like, I think the only alternative, like the only way out of this is the movement for people's party. Um, So movement Mm -hmm. for people's party is Nick Brano, who is a, I think he was Bernie's like lead field, field organizer Mm -hmm. or digital director or some shit in 2016. After Bernie fucked us over at the convention, um, betrayed everyone, Nick Brana, I believe, just sort of went out on his own and then tried to – he initially started this project as draft Bernie for People's Party. Um, but then 
Bernie in 2020 was such a fucking train wreck, uh, in terms of policy and alienating all his allies that mm-hmm. Nick Brown has sort of gave up on that and just switched to movement for people's party. And so it's a broad based co, uh, he's trying to build a broad based coalition to run, um, candidates and take, take power as much as possible in 2022 and then run somebody for president in 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, the platform is very extensive. It's basically Bernie on steroids, um, public banking, Medicare for all, cancel student debt, Green New Deal, all that stuff. Um, they're, I probably mentioned on the show before, but their national, their first national conference, they took a vote of 400,000 people online, wow. uh, to, uh, to start a people's party. And, so there's like chapters popping up all over the place. I was on a call last week for a North Dakota version and people seemed in general fairly interested. The only person who was arguing to try and work within the Democratic Party was literal boomer who I just yelled at, um, uh, you know, just ranting about stuff we talk about all the time, like the DCCC <laughs> literally preventing people from using their own money if they don't tow the DNC line. Mm-hmm. Um, the North Dakota Democratic Party, which is just a shell of an organization, just they, they can't win any fucking races statewide, more or less. Um, complete dog shit, basically non-existent, a walking corpse um, because they won't run in any real fucking issues. And the people who do have more progressive politics either they try to get them to drop out or um don't let them in the primary process in a serious way or don't put any money behind them and so they can't win like doug burgum the governor of north dakota um is overseeing literally the worst covid disaster in the world right Mm -hmm. now we have as of a couple days ago and this is we're recording on the 11th of november um happy veterans day by the way happy 11 11 portal um the uh he, he's okay we have 10,000 active cases in north dakota at least probably higher than that mm-hmm. if you want, look at the exponent if you look at the um positive case curve it's literally exponential mm-hmm. uh we're up to 1600 a day a day in a state of 700,000 people so we have 10,000 active cases probably higher now that is one in 70 people in North Dakota yeah. has an active case of COVID-19. So um, it's 2 to 3% of the population already. Jesus Christ. And so we're literally, he's literally going for herd immunity. We have no mask mandate. Mm-hmm. In the wake of this, and the hospitals being at 100% capacity, Burgum's response was not a mask mandate, was not a lockdown. He said the nurses who are asymptomatic but test positive are allowed to go to work. Mm-hmm. So now... He was just up for re-election. He won with 63% of mm-hmm. the vote. In the middle of all this. Yeah, because the Democrats won't actually challenge him. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone's trying to start a separate nonpartisan league. Uh, so, the Dem- so the Democratic Party in North Dakota is the Dem- Democratic NPL party, and that's because uh, the nonpartisan league, which controlled North Dakota politics from like the 20s to the 50s mm-hmm. was responsible for some of the most radically progressive socialist politics in the country they established a state grain mill state-owned bank uh, state crop insurance which was the biggest deal the 
the bank and the mill are still operating, still state run, mm-hmm. um, and still at a profit for the people. Yeah, and highly successful by many metrics, um, and highly uh, popular. Oh, also right. the corporate farming ban is mm-hmm. still held up. That was challenged by a ballot initiative a couple of years ago. Got completely mm-hmm. destroyed. Seventy five percent of people, seventy four percent, I think, voted against mm-hmm. repealing the corporate farming ban. Um, and in North Dakota, like the, the Republicans just destroyed the Democrats almost, almost completely. And, but at the same time, the ballot initiatives that were up were highly regressive. One was to expand the state board of higher education, like almost double the members Mm -hmm. number, but prevent anyone who works in higher ed from being on the board, which means it would have been handed over to literal corporate fiat. This was rejected as people voted against it, like 63% or Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, The other bill was to repeal direct ballot initiatives and force ballot initiatives to be approved by the legislature Mm -hmm. before they got on the ballot. Also rejected by like 60 to 40. Um, which is to say, and then, you know, we saw this across the country. Weed was legalized all over the place, including fucking South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Uh, drugs are decriminalized in Oregon. Psilocybin was legalized for medical use in Oregon. Um, psychedelics were legal or decriminalized in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, $15 an hour was Florida. approved in Florida. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, Trump won in Florida. There mm-hmm. was another one in Florida that was pretty progressive, too. So the... What's clear is like people know people when you're at given the a choice of something progressive or not are more or less choosing the progressive option. Mm-hmm. California is a bit of a different story, um, but it unfortunately or paradoxically or whatever in terms of some of their shit. But uh, this year, but the point being that by and large, like the um, people in places that aren't necessarily that progressive. Oregon notwithstanding. Well, actually, Oregon as a state mm-hmm. outside of Portland and Eugene is not, you know, very, like, seemingly yeah, progressive. It looks more like us in some ways. Yeah. So <clears throat> the the story is, like, you know, the, the election, you know, it's like Anna and Dasha say, don't kill yourself yet. There's something, you know, something more retarded will happen. The most retarded outcome possible happened, which is basically a tie in the Senate and a, almost a tie in the House and mm-hmm. basically a tie for the presidency yeah. um, so with the Democrats having a slight advantage. <clears throat> and like Between two conservative candidates, we should add. Right, who, are, who we don't know how vile Joe Biden's like establishment shit is going to be, mm-hmm. and we can only assume it's going to be pretty bad. Um so the but but anyways back to the people's party thing like i do think that's the only way to apply i mean it, it's obvious like jimmy dore often plays this lawrence o'donnell clip from the 90s i think or the early 2000s where he's like we knew in the Dem- he was like a former democratic party operative he was like we knew that the left had nowhere to go and so we didn't have to listen to them because they don't have any leverage because they're unwilling to take their to to not vote for us um so you have to have leverage. And the only way you get leverage is with another party. Um, 
And there are all these strange arguments against this, which is just baffling. I mean, Chomsky kind of engages in this. We have to use existing institutions. Like, sure, but like, what the fuck? How how well is this working? We mm-hmm. tried that shit. Right. We spent fucking five years trying to get Bernie Sanders elected, mm-hmm. and they stole it two times. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like, game over. Like, nobody's buying this shit anymore. And that's why I believe the Movement for People's Party has something like a million... I don't know if it's a million members, but like a million people are interested in it. Mm-hmm. And I was in a reading group with some some people uh, reading Fanon, and so you know, I was, I think, talking about the People's Party and how much more successful it was than DSA. And the, someone was like, "Why do you think that is?" And I was like, "Because they have fucking real policies. They have a platform. Um, if DSA had done what I said." In 2016, it just focused exclusively on Medicare for all. They'd have a million members, and we might have Medicare for all. Uh, but since, like, they're basically again a cultural phenomenon, they have their place. But ultimately, like, I honestly, they're a fucking joke to me because until they take over New York City, which they're trying to do politically. Um, to me, this is a LARP because I don't even think Zoomers are into fucking DSA. Mm-hmm. I, I could be wrong about that, but it seems to me that that's not like where people's energy is going. And if it was and and they had a real platform, fine, but they don't. Um, and everything I hear from internal DSA is not good. Everything I see about it is really fucked up in lots of different ways. So if they can get shit done, good. If not, fuck them. I don't give a shit. Um, we have to establish new institutions mm-hmm. to exert leverage and make serious demands. Like if we're to consider ourselves a movement in any serious level, and I don't care how fucking radical left you are. If you don't see that for what it is, then you're just fucking jerking off. Um, if you're unwilling to support that, at least silently, then fuck off. So the, but that's the only way forward. We're not getting anywhere other than that. And, you know, I, it seems like people are motivated, at least in, in the early stages. I mean, we had the the first call for this thing, uh, like, I don't know, two days after the election, a day after the election. Um, and I, I just think, I don't think anybody's buying any of this shit anymore, especially after COVID. I mean, like what's what's joe biden's plan for covid I, i'd love to hear it like I, they just released something i don't know what it was i haven't read it but uh they put something out well at least it's so, something i guess yeah. i mean because we weren't really hearing it in the election right. yeah not during the election that i'm aware of can we so not that we need to dwell on the election too much either That's I, fine. i'm interested in the people's party stuff and other topics, but can we just spend, I don't know, even a, even 30 seconds um, appreciating or basking in the glory that was the Four Seasons landscaping punk rock oh, show? Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. It was so <laughs> incredible. There's a, a story, maybe some of you read it, uh, certainly from uh, the London Independent, but there's been other stories, too, on that event. And the way it's described, it literally, it's it reads like a carnival, like Dylan's Desolation Row, and it's, you know... Guys walking around in high heels in their underwear with a, an American flag or a Trump flag, uh, you know, uh, you know, some, I mean, who knows? People in in masks. Uh, I mean, just this this festival of insanity. Um, 
And I think that was a beautiful, beautiful moment in American political history that probably hasn't gotten enough press and enough recognition for the sort of the just the I don't even know how to describe it other than it was like a, some surreal um, inversion of time and space. Uh, and it was amazing. And I think if nothing else, the Trump presidency gave us that moment. Well, it, yeah, it reminds me of when we talked about the um, like I saw a picture of it and it looked like um, like when they had the that Fox News had that town hall in like mm-hmm. Pittsburgh or mm-hmm. something. And it was mm-hmm. like clearly they're trying to evoke the Rust Belt. Like yeah. Just like Working class. Crushed American economy. Yeah. Industrial economy. And that's what this if you saw in the background of it, like that it was all this rusted out um rust belt looking shit and so i thought it was intentional at first yeah. for that reason yeah. but then i you know sort of read on it and maybe it, if it was it was very it was very surreal it was like mm-hmm. almost like um it was like if hunter s thompson had yeah you know planned it or something like that um but what was this i feel like if you know because obviously it, it evoked that american carnage speech um yeah I feel like if somebody more ominous than Rudy Giuliani had been talking, yeah. like if Stephen Miller or Bannon's out of the right. picture, but like, um, you know, somebody like who hadn't recently been made a complete fool of by <laughs> fucking literally Borat, um, right? Yeah, a week or two before, like it made a, it maybe would have been less of a joke, but yeah, yeah I I do think, I I mean it's. It was a baffling choice, and I don't know if it was Trump trying to punish Giuliani or something like mm-hmm. that, or it was just or a the press. Genu- genuine fuck-up. Yeah. I, I don't really yeah. – or the press, yeah. Um, and when I say – I'm sorry to interrupt. When I say people wearing masks, I don't mean COVID masks. I mean like Trump and Biden Halloween masks. Oh, okay. Like it was, it was just crazy. Yeah. Um, I, so. I guess I didn't see – I maybe didn't take it in enough to – realize what was going on. it was just because i think it was because i got annoyed by people online on the left <laughs> making fun of it yeah. in like kind of a cheap way yeah which my problem with is basically it's not funny like yeah. I, I don't i don't care that they're making fun of it it's just right. like be funnier you're not funny right like zizek was on red scare and they were talking about trump and they were saying like how you can't do satire of trump and then mm. they're like and a doctor like yeah because He's funnier than these fucking right. people. He's like, exactly. Um, which I think is the key to this whole like yeah. period of time. And why political comedy... I mean, political comedy is always bad. Like, let's not get it twisted. But, like, uh, it's been just an absolute dog shit nightmare for the last four years. Mm-hmm. Somebody had posted a meme that was like somebody with like a placard and it said in like sort of rainbow lettering like um woke art 2016 to 20 r.i.p woke art 2016 <laughs> to 2020 it's like yeah fucking a thank god yeah. um i think too interestingly like i think strangely this is gonna kill identity politics mm. thank god mm. um but it was like identity politics was the only thing liberals had to yell at Trump about mm-hmm. it w- with any seriousness because otherwise they're relegated to like Russia gating, which is just literally conspiracy theory or criticizing Trump for shit that obviously Obama and Clinton 
and Biden were behind. Um, and like none of that, they, they can't, they're not intellectually honest enough to do that. So it has to be this like extreme, like woke shit. Like I've even noticed people weaponizing their literal personality disorders online that sort of faded as well. Like, so there, there became this trend as, as people became more aware of personality disorders and narcissistic abuse in from 2015 onward, there started to be this backlash where people with personality disorders who are, I mean, the way I've heard it put is like people with like, like, uh, access one mental health problems, like, um, what are considered major mental health issues like bipolar, schizophrenia, major depression, stuff like that. The people who suffer from like uh, the people who suffer as a result of those are the patients themselves. Mm. Access to um, personality disorders like narcissistic personality disorder, borderline personality disorder, antisocial personality disorder, histrionic personality disorder. The people who suffer as a result of those are everyone around the person with the, the disorder. So, you know, it's like if you ask therapists who they don't want to treat and, you, you know, uh, you ask them off the record, they say borderlines. They're the, they're the hardest and they're, the, they're just draining. Access to, yeah. <laughs> well, borderlines in particular, but yeah, oh, okay. access to. Okay. But the part of that is because borderlines are much more likely to seek therapy than narcissists. Mm. Um Right. But there's not much serious distinction between the personality disorders in terms of their tactics and shit. Anyways, that became a thing where those people who are diagnosed borderline narcissists all of a sudden would be all over social media saying, you quit shaming us and stigmatizing us. You don't know what it's like to suffer. They're just gaslighting people. Um, and uh, again, I say that because the, the demonstrably they're not suffering. They are trying to inflict pain on the people around them to get revenge for shit these people just didn't do. Um, and so anyway, like, but that I think is losing its steam. I saw somebody trying to do that today and I was like, eh, I don't think anybody's buying this shit anymore. Um, you know, like, why quit throwing the term narcissist around? It's like, I don't know how you, how, how else should we define behavior like mm -hmm. this? Um, you know, oh, you're just going to like, fucking grind somebody's soul to a pulp and like ruin their fucking life. And then nobody's supposed to criticize you. Go fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and just want to go be on the record here. If you have a personality disorder, go fuck yourself. Um, anyway, so like, but a lot of that, um, was sort of, at least at the pop psychology level, I'm sure it was just largely what I did not like. And what I thought was very dangerous and disingenuous was to paint Trump as a narcissist, as a, someone with a, to try and psychologize Trump's politics and his antics. Um, dangerous in the sense that, I mean, talked about on the show, like I couldn't believe that people with medical licenses were taking it upon themselves to, in the New York Times, diagnose Trump with personality disorders, not having, um, you know, evaluated him as a human, just literally watching him on Twitter. Like mm -hmm. people should get their medical licenses pulled for that. Like I, I don't, under what other circumstances is that even like within the realm of sanity? Mm. Um, and it was just a reaction. It's because they had no way to attack him again, like I said, without showing their hand completely. And so what he violated were the, all of these liberal, neoliberal norms about like what you're supposed to do and not do and say and not say. And he just didn't give a shit. 
the point isn't whether or not Trump is a narcissist. I mean, I would argue that anybody who wants to be president is probably a fucking narcissist. Um, but like, even if he was, and you could prove that, I wouldn't change anything. That, mm-hmm. that doesn't change the dynamic of power and the fact of the fact of the American presidency and how vile and violent an institution it is. It's a modified monarchy at this point. Like, it's unclear if it totally started that way, but post Dick Cheney, the president is, mm-hmm. you know, the like somebody. This is so pathetic. Like somebody was like, sort of clutching their pearls about how. Um, Bill Barr is, uh, or maybe it's one of another one of Trump's lawyers. I know Bill Barr isn't Trump's lawyer, but I can't remember who it was. It's probably one of Trump's lawyers. They were like, "We have to be careful. This person believes in the unitary theory of the executive." It's like you think Obama didn't believe in the mm-hmm. unitary theory of the executive, and for the uninitiated, that's sort of Dick, the Dick Cheney. The Dick Cheney playbook is based on this unitary theory of the executive, which is if the president does something, it's legal Mm -hmm. because he's the president. Um, Now, there's some legal reason for saying that, which is you can't arrest the president. Right. um, You have to impeach him or whatever or make him resign. Uh, But like Dick Cheney's move, at least according to Vice, the film, which is excellent, which seems very well researched. Uh, Cheney basically saw the vice presidency as this kind of rogue um, spot where you're both not the executive and are the executive. So you can do even, you can get away with even more shit. And so you just like with, with sort of the ascent of um, with the, with Bush's approval, Cheney was allowed to just run the entire government Mm -hmm. by himself um, and remake a lot of, how how it worked how it functioned to give the president to give the executive um just kind of like unmatched power in world history mm-hmm. so um like the they were making an interesting argument on chapo about like the cia and Bi- how biden will basically rehabilitate the cia and and there are all these stories about trump would just completely ignore the cia briefings mm-hmm. And Will was like, that is exactly what you should do. Because mm-hmm. all of those people are just like fucking nightmare scumbags who just have their own agendas and are just lying to you. So, yeah, you should. He did what exactly what any reasonable person should do. Throw that shit straight in the garbage every single day. Ignore it completely. Um, which, of course, is one of the big reasons Trump was such a problem for D.C. Right. It was because the bureaucracy didn't have the same grip around his neck that mm-hmm. they did around every other president. Um, since Jesus, I don't know, maybe since Kennedy, um, Truman, well, mm-hmm. Eisenhower sort of, Eisenhower's trying to push back, but he, you know, he's sort of aware that he couldn't and he wasn't, right. he didn't get killed, but that, you know, it's a different, it was a different country back then in, in a lot of ways domestically. Um, so anyway, uh, all that's to say, like, what concerns me about Biden is what concerned me about Hillary Clinton, but less so because she's more of an operator. Hillary Clinton's serious fucking hit. She's a hitter. Like she, mm-hmm. she would have got us into a bunch of wars. We would have probably had nuclear conflict. I mean, it's almost a fucking lock. She was almost promising. She's like frothing at the mouth to get into multiple countries publicly. Um, 
among elite circles. Like she wasn't saying it in the New York Times. She's saying it at the Brookings Institute, et cetera. I think that Joe Biden will surround himself with people with similar aims. Um, he's not as bloodthirsty about it. Like Hillary mm-hmm. Clinton's a reason we bombed Libya. Hillary Clinton's a reason we overthrew the Honduran government. Like that was her hammering Obama to sort of like get her way about that. She's like a hardcore hawk. Um, I don't know. Again, Biden's sort of a mystery at this level because he's such a fucking cuck. Like he was never, he never existed as like a real, all he did was like the shit he'd put his foot down about would be like, if there was an opportunity to destroy the black community, he would do it. Um, but beyond that, like foreign policy wise, well, I guess that's not totally true. He was (laughs) giving blood and soil speech at the Ukrainian parliament, like openly saying he, you know, forcing the Ukrainian president to fire his like, effectively the equivalent attorney general um he's on tape saying that like how he blackmailed him or whatever um he's publicly saying this and we know about all the shady deals and stuff so it's i mean some of that's just regular old corruption Mm -hmm. uh which we're used to but it's unclear to me how that translates into a foreign policy like the thing the weird to me the weirdest thing about a biden presidency is he does not present as a leader like he Mm -hmm. does not present as someone with a vision even Mm -hmm. a neoliberal vision he's just sort of like i think he likes better being this weird deal maker Mm -hmm. um that you know is corrupt and is sort of the the kind of handmaiden of like the credit card companies and shit like that but at the end of the day like what does Joe Biden want? Like it's especially now that he's fucking senile. It's not, that's not clear at all. He just wants to pull a quarter out of your ear. (laughs) But the, I was, you know, for what it's worth to your point about who he's going to surround himself with at the cabinet level. And otherwise I agree. It's not looking good. Although I don't know if this is accurate or not, but in these times is reporting today that Bernie is like actively seeking the secretary of labor. Uh, cabinet post yeah you know and if that happens who great you know but again um i think some of us have been you know once bitten twice shy with, with him um and then whether that'd be effective anyway at uh, you know getting 15 dollars minimum wage nationally or something we don't know right but. well i mean i don't understand what that's gonna do yeah. like this is i now i'm not saying i know what what would what should Bernie be doing? I guess is a question. Right, and like, I don't know either. The labor secretary is just—it's too on the nose. And what I mean by that is like it—it has—it um, definitely has implications, but it's not like that's not one of the power positions. Yeah. And Bernie's the most popular, probably still the most popular politician in the country, mm-hmm. even in spite of all this shit that you mm-hmm. know we've covered before. Um, like. Like a left-wing move would be to make him the Secretary of the Treasury, yeah. or the Interior. Even um, Interior would be really good, uh, even though people don't really know what that is. The Secretary of the Interior has a lot of control over like land use and um, relations with like indigenous tribes and shit mm-hmm. like that. Um, I mean, HUD, who gives? I mean, that's again, it's sort of well, like a transportation lower, lower tier, or, yeah. yeah. Like the big ones are obviously defense and uh, the secretary of state. I mean, Bernie would probably be a, as a neoliberal, even he would be a good secretary of state. Mm -hmm. I think Uh, actually nobody's of course 
will ever consider that, but yeah. like, um, cause that, if, if, I mean, it was pretty clear to me that it was always going to be Kamala was going to be Biden's running mate, but like if she hadn't been, she would have been a pretty clear choice for secretary of state or I guess attorney general. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it just is so weird that Bernie like sees himself as this pathetic cuck who's just like, Oh, please let me be. Let me make labor – let me have slight input into labor rules. Like, he's going to be fucking handcuffed. If if the tre- if the monetary policy continues to be what it is, to inri- literally just write, like, a blank check to investment banks and Wall Street um, and not do any quantitative easing for the people, then it – or none of the labor policies will ma- mean anything. Because people will be hamstrung by the way that the economy functions. So it's like, I just, you know, I take your point, once been twice shy, but it's like, fuck, even if it happens, he's just going to be like a nobody. Mm-hmm. So like, who gives a shit? Uh, anyway, I, I'm just like, there's, this is why, you know, this is why I say it's apocalyptic. Like, mm-hmm. what is go- what's going to happen is things will, you know, again, barring like a serious uprising of organized labor and just everyone, um, where things will just slide into worse and worse desperation, and nobody will have a finger to point at who's the problem, and the right will use this to inflame, mm-hmm. you know, sort of neo-Trumpism. Or some sort of populism, if they're smart, um, mm-hmm. to try and take back control of the House and the Senate in 2022, and it'll work. Um, and then we'll just get more deadlock. Mm-hmm. So, like, to me, that's much worse than, like, the reason it's probably worse than Trump is at that level. Like, I think Biden, if in insofar as Biden has. What what he decides to have say over, because that's what this amounts to. Like with the unitary theory, of the executive, he can kind of do whatever the fuck he mm-hmm. wants if he's clever about it. Um, I, he's not going to do any antitrust shit. He's not going to fix the internet. He's not going to nationalize Facebook. Um, like none of the really easy shit he could just do with the stroke of a pen. He's not going to do any of it. So he's equivalent to Trump at that level. Um, Trump is so hated and they got eyes on him all the time. He can't do anything, which is better for reality at some level. Mm -hmm. I mean, if Biden somehow starts just pushing for a green new, this isn't going to happen. But if he did try to like start to really stomp for a green new deal and force Congress to kind of put pressure on Mitch McConnell to pass something like that would be significant. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. And so you can argue about like, like I thought the the weirdest part of what Chomsky was arguing about Trump um the reason to vote for Biden and fine if you voted for Biden I don't that's fine I get it like it's a choice between two fucking old retards who cares but like as an existential threat it's such a strange proposition to me because it's like just because Trump writes shit down on paper and says weird shit doesn't mean he can do any of it mm-hmm. like what is getting us back into the Paris Accords accomplish in terms of climate change? Net zero. Like the problem is so much bigger than that. Um, I will say this, and this is where he's better than Bernie. Even Biden is pro nuclear. Um, 
but so was Trump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so again, it's like mm-hmm. it's like six is like, <laughs> what's the fucking difference? Um, it, you know, like you said, they're both right wing candidates. Who gives a shit? I don't know. I I struggle to see the advantage. Like I think the one thing that you can totally pin on Trump is the COVID response. That's yeah. that is totally just down to him being completely worthless. Um, cause there would have been, there's a million ways he could have done everything necessary to stop it and taken credit for that and made it look super right wing. Mm-hmm. Like that's not hard to do. You just have to have a little bit of finesse, um, which he could have mustered if he really tried. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, if, uh, Hey, again, if Biden gets Congress to force Mitch McConnell to start writing us checks again, then fine. That's better than, tr- I will say that that is better than Trump, mm-hmm. but. But again, Trump wanted that shit to happen too. It's the Democrats in the in the House who wouldn't let it happen. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, we're going to see another certainly two years of deadlock, and maybe even four years of not much getting done. And that's I mean that's it's terrifying when I mean given climate change as the existential threat that it is, and we need nuclear right away. Um, right. You know, and I suppose renewables and all that as well. But um, the nuclear thing, and if if Biden doesn't push on that. That's it, right? I mean, planet done, game over, and all that. And it was, and we saw that with the previous administration too. But it's just getting more and more dire. Um, the I know we've discussed it in the past. Maybe the only thing we can take from this is the uh, it, it's possible that the Biden administration buys us the what is it four or five years so that the this uh, the the Zoomers can sort of just take over everything and get all the, the, the AOCs in, in Congress or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, assuming those folks come to come to the fore and run. Um, but barring that, I don't know what's going to happen in the next four years. Nothing good. Yeah. I, I don't. Uh, yeah. It's, it's hard for me to, I think I agree. Um, especially about the zoomers that, that will be the question. Like, mm-hmm. And they shouldn't be, as people have pointed out, you know, they shouldn't even be responsible for all this shit. Right. But it's just like that's how that's how cucked the millennials are. Like we're just fucking worthless. It's just the truth. We we didn't figure out the fucking scenario, you know. And 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 I, at least in my from my personal experience, and like you know, people that I know, a lot of that is just having boomer parents. Like mm-hmm. having boomer <laughs> parents is a nightmare. It really is destructive and they're all like that they're all narcissistic and just generationally entitled and just cannot abide people doing better than them um they're hoarding all the wealth they don't give a shit about what happens after them um they were like you know matt christman pointed out they they have a historically unique experience in human history of having everything just laid out for them having access to resources in an untold scale um, individually even, and then just not seeing reality for what it is and not giving a fuck. So like, you know, again to, I maybe I've even mentioned this recently, but just to reiterate, like another reason I don't trust Bashkar from fucking Jacobin is because he wrote that fucking article about how, um, this okay boomer meme was a problem because it was masking a class division. Sorry, motherfucker. Boomers have more wealth as a generation than all other living generations combined. 
Millennials control 4.6% of the economy, of the, of the aggregate wealth in the U.S. 4.6%. Zoomers are even less. At the time that boomers were our age, they controlled 15% of the wealth. So don't fucking tell me that this is a class issue when being a boomer is a class issue. Um, Max Blumenthal, for people who are interested, wrote an incredible takedown of the socialism conference where he, in, in very clear and direct terms, um, it, uh, pointed out how like, so the ISO was an anti-communist Trotskyist organization who was sort of this dominant force on the left in among like, you know, liberal arts college students, uh, for a long, for a decade or two and, um, but now DSA is and Jacobin are sort of um, they're hosting these anti-communist like CIA backed people in the at the in the guise of the socialism conference. Mm. And so like, yeah, I know. I no wonder I didn't trust you motherfuckers. You're all just like crypto Trotskyist ex-communist or, you know, anti-communists. So, um, you know, be wary of these people who are telling you that they uh they're on the left it's not entirely clear all the time who's actually on the left mm-hmm. um so anyway the but yeah that just uh, there but in order which is just speaking to what i'm saying like before we need a new political formation and it's you know i'm glad that some people are trying even though they're they wouldn't consider themselves communists by and large, but thankfully Nick Brown is smart enough to understand that you just need a coalition. Like mm-hmm. it reminds me of like Syriza um, in Greece, which was rad- translates to radical uh, coalition of the radical left, which took power in like 2015. Mm-hmm. And they had been a pretty small parliamentary force prior to that. Um, now, obviously in the Greek parliament, you have all these different parties, so you can, you can form a government with, like you don't have to have a majority. It's not like the U.S. Um, but nevertheless, like the other thing is, and this is what I try to impart to people, and I've said on the show many times, is like people don't know how far they can get if they just start trying. Because especially in situations where nobody's fucking trying, then um, you're just leaving the your your set um whatever you're retreating your. I'm missing the word, but like you're, you're giving ground to the opposition and they will absorb it. That's, that's what Trumpism is. It's the failure of the left to provide an alternative to the traditional Republicans and traditional Democrats and to Trump himself. Mm -hmm. So like, and Trump's already planning to run in 2024. Like he's not going anywhere. Um, And I, my view of, on that is that people, that's what the Democrats want. They don't mm-hmm. want Trump to really go away because then they're going to have to govern and right. they're going to have to take ownership of their governance. Like mm-hmm. It's like Trump was saying in that last debate. He's like, oh, you're going to do all this, Joe, huh? Well, why didn't you do it? You were in power just three and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you do it then? And he couldn't answer that right. <laughs> because there is no right. answer. The answer is he didn't want, they didn't want to. Well, I'm, Trump is so preternaturally uh, superhuman. I mean, he's like the Ubermensch, the Nietzschean. Yeah, you know, he, he gets is. COVID and he just 
He just keeps going. Like, right. like he's, he eats all this fast food, burgers. He just, just keeps made him going. I know. And so he's, he's probably going to be even stronger. He's going to feel better than ever in 2024. Oh, yeah. And he'll be back. And he's, you know, let's just, uh, I'll just sort of argue against myself just for sake of humor, I guess. Um, if, if Trump is a narcissist, he is motivated by revenge. Exactly. And so he will be just like have that f- fire and fury um, yeah. all the more. And I, he is honestly like, you know, we talk about Trump's a symptom of the problem, not the problem. But mm-hmm. I mean, even in a Freud, in a strictly Freudian sense, he is like a symptom. He is like the proof of this repressed issue that yeah. no one has yet to address. Yeah. And, like Jimmy Dora is like reading this article one time about how, um, so Berlusconi was like a Trump like figure, like mm-hmm. a ridiculous, like buffoon, but like a vicious kind of clown in power, as Zizek called him. Italian prime minister, right? Yeah, yeah. from like, uh, I don't know, it was like in t- around 2009 for, and then for years after, but he, um, the, they defeated him, and the way that they did it was they didn't talk about all this personal, like, like ridiculousness and, like, being uncouth and all that shit. All they talked about was policies, mm-hmm. and the opposition party ultimately defeated him. Um, it's the same story here. Like, mm-hmm. that's why Bernie was the only way to beat Trump. Now, um, I guess I'm wrong since Trump didn't win, but I feel like Trump did win because... This is like so fucking stupid and terrible, like where we're at, like because nothing's going to get better again. It will just seed the ground for uh, people always like, uh, oh, no, what if a more effective, vicious Trump emerges? I don't really I'm kind of skeptical of that claim even because I think um, and it's not just because and people pointed this out, like Trump has this very unique set of like attributes that allowed him to capitalize in the, on this popular rage and shit in the particular way that he did. Like he's funny and he's, he is charismatic and shit. Um, and he can deflect anything and he can say anything and Mm -hmm. get away with it. I'm not sure if like a more serious fascist would be able to do what he did because the wall street doesn't like that. Mm -hmm. Like they don't, they don't want an autocrat, not, not in the, all they want is someone just letting them do whatever the right. fuck they want and writing checks. And, you know, that's what I would argue that we're in a situation much more dire than a fascist situation, mm-hmm. that people are underplaying it in that we have like, you know, oligarchy, but they, there's like an even another, not even plutocracy. There's like, I feel like there's another term for it. But basically you just have this, you have an effective rule by decree by the corporations mm-hmm. with no oversight because mm-hmm. everyone is the government has been totally captured um by corporations in the mm-hmm. business class so like you just don't, like it's so bad that you don't even need Mussolini um and so Trump is a you know functional distraction and mm-hmm. I don't really I honestly don't know what they're going to come up with as a, for a news cycle anymore mm-hmm. like which is probably dangerous for the establishment. I think that's Biden will have to start wars um, in order to avoid that. Because uh, the alternative to that would just be to try and be FDR and like get 
you know, progressive policies passed, which of course he's never going to do without a fight. Um, cause that's just not who he is. You know, credit card Joe is not interested in that, mm-hmm. but like I, you know, cause there is no news cycle right now. Right. And that's a new thing in this age. Um, and like, because the other thing is like, now that the, the voters sort of called the bluff of the news media, which is like, and the liberals, which is, okay, we're going to, we're critical of Trump because he's such an existential threat or whatever shit. Now they're, now that Biden's in power, they can't criticize him. But <laughs> what is that going to equate to? Right. What is that going to amount to? It's like, it's just going to be so fucking stupid. Um, the news is going to go back to being boring, which, mm-hmm. I mean, it, not that it wasn't in its own right boring for the last four years. Right. It just was uh, salacious and sensationalized. Right. I just don't, yeah, there, there just seems to be no, no, like, good way forward. Well, you're right that that, at least as far as television is concerned, I, it's all social media now or on, online. But the um, if the if the the Rachel Maddows have nothing to report, uh, the boomers are getting older and they're going to be gone. They're dying, right? And the Zoomers, millennials, don't even watch those shows anymore. I mean, we're looking at, and maybe this is what terrifies CNN, etc. I mean, the end of their era, like they're done. Yeah, and they might even literally be bankrupt or off the air or whatever. There's no advertisers, right? Because there's no content. Right. So. There's nothing to report. Mm-hmm. I mean, and again, unless you're going to go left, unless you're going to become a Tucker Carlson of the left, mm-hmm. which they won't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's no, there's nowhere. What, what is, I mean, which again creates a weird vacuum because there's not sports in the way there used to be too. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, there's obviously plenty of TV to watch. You mean because of COVID specifically or? Yeah. At oh. this moment, um, <laughs> And like that, and I guess, you know, they're still somehow churning out all these like Netflix shows and stuff, but Mm -hmm. that's going to hit a wall Mm -hmm. um, because the production hasn't resumed on as by and large, as far as I know. Um, So it's just, I I don't sort of back, I'm still unable to predict anything because everything's just too fucking retarded. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I, I do think the, and and that's not really – I mean, that's not a problem for me. Like, if they don't have a news cycle, I hope they fucking die. They don't deserve mm-hmm. to f- have anyone's attention. Yeah, They're all corrupt riddance, right? fucking CIA plants and bullshit like that. And if not CIA plants, are repeating CIA talking points all the time. Um, but, like, where does – where do things go? Because the other thing is an economic holocaust is about to unleash itself because with, without, st- you know, more stimulus. Mm-hmm. Um, which there's no sense that that's coming. Mm-hmm. And what I don't understand, I thought they would, you know, I've twice been sort of wrong, more wrong in August than now, but that was because Mitch McConnell said he would sign something and it didn't happen. But what I don't understand about why they didn't do a second stimulus in like September was, um, or even October was like, what is your Q4 going to look like? in retail sales no one has a job so they don't have fucking money like um and then all these restaurants who are operating at lower capacity and yeah. like 
all of this service-based economy shit is just non mm-hmm. – I mean, it, some of it obviously increased, but like – I mean, I'll give you – this is kind of a dark example, and it may not seem like it on the surface, but Zoom is valued at over like $150 billion, um, which used to be like, oh, okay, well, they blew up because everybody's using their service. Their revenue is only like $1 billion this year. Mm-hmm. The only business that across the board, the whole – what whatever whole connected world is using all the time their, their revenue is only like just under two billion dollars mm-hmm. so <laughs> that means it's not even a real business this valuation mm-hmm. is fake obviously um and like where we don't have a fucking economy anymore mm-hmm. like i don't think people realize what's happened out here like it's not there it's not gonna come back like it was before anymore. Like we're past the point of no return. It could, if banks were willing to lend to small businesses Mm -hmm. like they do in real countries. And I should point out like, um, so Jack Ma, the Alibaba guy is going to do the biggest IPO in the world. And it's to do Chinese banking in the small scale way where you can just on your phone, go get a thousand dollar loan real quick. Um, and that's what's desperately needed. Like what's needed is basically PPE money, but in a way that's simple and direct and really fast that ev- basically everyone has access to. And then they can write down that debt later if they want to. But that on an ongoing basis, like um, my business, I got like a tiny loan because I have terrible credit, but like. I should have been getting those loans over and over again and everyone else in America. If they had done that, then you could have sustained Mm -hmm. this, but they didn't do that. They did it one fucking time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like without those sorts of interventions, there's just no economy left. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, again, (laughs) I, I don't, I honestly, at this point, I don't even know what you would call the GOP. Like, what is Mitch McConnell's ideology? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the ideology that says it's important for businesses to get back to work, but won't do anything to help any businesses do that? Because at this point, um, holding back money and quote unquote forcing people back to work doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's no economy to go back to. Um to call that conservative is insane. I don't know what the fuck you mm-hmm. call this. It's just, this is just like death's head shit. Like mm-hmm. this is just nihilism. Right. It's back to the beginning where you talked about North Dakota sending nurses back to work when right. they have COVID <laughs> right. to work in the hospitals. I mean, that's literally death cult nihilism nonsense. And it, it wins, it wins 60% of the vote, <laughs> but there's no ideology there at all. No. No, he can't justify that. He certainly can't justify no mask mandate. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we've covered on the show the fucking straight, like, retarded mayor of Grand Forks. Even he, like, assented to um, when the city council voted finally to do a mask mandate in Grand Forks. He was like, okay, you know. Um, But, yeah, there's no, there's no, you know, it's beyond, like, there's no logic. Like, there's no logic internal to it. If you Mm -hmm. asked him why he would do this, he couldn't tell you. Mm Mm-hmm. He would just like start crying or start yelling at you. Like it, it, it doesn't make any sense. Shit, fuck. Honestly, Trump's better than that. 
Trump will tell you something like there will be words that come out of his mouth. They may mm-hmm. not string together too well. Right. Or you might not be able to follow it. But in his mind, he has a reason why he's doing shit. I mean, McC- again, it's just McConnell's just going on TV every week and telling you to go fuck yourself. Like, yeah, I think. Well, I, I guess I was right. You know, I said, does Mitch McConnell realize by signing this bill that he is just finance a strike fund? Like, and that's what happened in this summer. Everything fucking was on fire mm-hmm. because people had enough, like, not, not that it was enough to live on, but enough, just a tiny bit of breathing room that they were like, and they weren't allowed to work. It's like, fuck it. That's, that's probably we, why they didn't do it. What do we got to lose? Yeah. I do think that that's a part of it. Um, but it's not sustainable. Right. Like it's still, so that's a good point, but it's also like, it's still not, that doesn't solve your fucking yeah. problem and there's no putting it off. Like how long do they imagine? What I don't know is, and maybe they don't care. And this is something that I've talked to a comrade about a couple of years ago was like, he's like, he was pointing out like, if they're trying to cut Medicare and social security and those are the people that vote for them, what the fuck are they? I was like, they don't care. If they get reelected, like they don't care what happens. And that's truly nihilistic. Like they're not even self-interested at that level mm-hmm. or something. I, I mean, again, I, I truly can't, I can't sort this out. So like, you're right. That is probably motivating it, but even that's not a good enough answer for right. me. For no, I agree. These, yeah. For the, which is just more confusing. Um, and like I don't know what the next round looks like of uprisings if it if it's even allowed to happen. Like, mm-hmm. is it are people just going to be? I mean, we're talking about tens of millions of people probably ending up homeless in winter. Like, right? What the fuck does that look like? Um, like Jimmy Dore was saying in California, he's like, there is no more room under these bridges for homeless people. Yeah. Like at what, like something's got to turn. And so the, I think there you see the opportunity for the people's party to really, if they're able to be responsive to this shit and directly, directly responsive to it without being like cuck losers, like the DSA, then it's plausible that we could start a mass movement, um, that could really force the hand of the society. And I think, you know, and, and of course I was totally in support am and was totally in support of all this rioting or whatever you want to call it uprising um and i've you know gone in great detail about that but i think that probably i mean there's a place for that but i think it, it, the public face of it will have to be nonviolent and mm-hmm. um and, and it, by any definition you know i obviously don't think property destruction is violence but um there will have to be nonviolent face to this and it will have to be highly organized and probably a level of discipline that the left is sort of hasn't really engaged with in the US for at least 50 years in mass. Like their militant labor was dead after 1970 in America, basically. Um, but that sort of discipline and militancy will have to return. If we're going to, it cannot be another um, coalition of like Green Party type fucking liberals. That's not going to cut it. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be half having to be like nonviolent civil resistance, shutting shit the fuck down, um, taking control of the means of production directly, Wildcat, yeah. general strikes, all of that shit coordinated. 
unified to, to the best of what we're able. Um, and without that level of engagement, I think there's no hope for any real change. Um, and I, you know, having that trust in the people is difficult given like our history, you know, our recent history, but like all we have is each other. All we have is us. Um, and that's the one thing that they can't, you know, the true solidarity can't really be broken. Like they can try to repress, they can try to break people down, they can try and punish people. But if you have solid, if you have real solidarity and you're able to disrupt the smooth flow of business, then that's that. But even that, it's like they don't apparently need us anymore for the, that's, that's the real reason. The real reason is they don't need us to have the economy running for them to keep getting rich. Sure. But obviously that has a shelf life too. Um, in or a short shelf life insofar as like or a rather short fuse like you can't keep doing that mm-hmm. for very long you know like max kaiser said there's like a 99 percent chance we're gonna have a major economic catastrophe yeah. probably within the next year i think he said um and that's a guarantee so you know what do you do then it's it's very unclear because there's not there's going to be a housing crisis but there's going to be there's already a commercial real estate crisis which is like that's almost more insane. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, it's just like, I, I hope to God, I think it's just time. I think we've crossed through, we've passed through this fucking portal where um, what's clear from the political establishment is like, you get rid of Trump and you don't solve any problems. We have to just fucking almost ignore the political establishment as such, mm-hmm. act on our own, and... Um, force their hand ignore them at the level of like trying to engage with them in in a sort of directly or using their own mechanisms because their own mechanisms are corrupted um and that's we've proven that over and over again so there's no reason to even imagine that that will produce any results and i think everyone's more or less convinced of that at this point so all that's left is a mass uprising probably unprecedented american history but hey we did it two months ago so we can do it better and further mm-hmm. and stronger. <laughs>